All right, well, it's been about 24 hours since we first asked the question, how will this decision negatively impact recruiting at OU? So far, Parker, and I don't think that we were going to get an answer within 24 hours, but we don't have our answer yet after 24 hours because there's been no decommitments, um, no hard evidence whatsoever to prove that this will have a negative impact in recruiting. So we're probably going to have to sit and wait for a while to see if it has any impact at all on the 2023 or even potentially the 2024 class. My guess, Parker, is most likely um, if there is a negative impact when it comes to recruiting, we'll probably never actually see or feel it. Is, is going to be my guess on this whole thing. And by that, you mean what exactly? I mean that we won't know how uh, how Kill Gundy would have handled a certain kid um, instead of how a current staff member would have handled the situation. You know what I mean? Like, there, there will be no real evidence here as to how much he's missed out on the recruiting trail for this staff. So I, I don't think that there's any potential player. I guess Jaquase Petaway could be the one guy but I don't think that we're going to have a whole lot of examples to say, yep, see, Kale Gundy was here. Yeah, he would have already been committed, and that would have happened by now. Yeah, it kind, of, it kind of helps to have all your bases covered at the wide receiver position or be very close to having all your bases covered uh, when all this goes down because you have Petaway committed, you got Keon Brown committed. You're in all likelihood going to get a commitment from Anthony Evans at the end of the month. The impact, I agree, Tyler, is minimal if present at all. As we talk about the 2023 recruiting cycle, the interesting thing to me is uh, how does this drag into 2024 and how does this impact the Sooners' chances with some of the high-level prospects in the 2024 class at wide receiver? So I was looking at Kale Gundy's profile on 24-7 Sports, and it's a pretty cool tool that they have. You can go back and see you know, all the recruits that he helped get to OU. He was either the primary recruiter, in that recruitment, or he was the secondary recruitment on that uh, on that recruitment. And look, it's not a surprise to anyone the level of big names that he's helped get to Norman. But this only goes back to like the 2004 class, I think, Parker. So there's a lot more names that could have been listed on here because he's been at OU for so long. But there were seven five stars that he's been credited by 24-7 Sports as either the primary recruiter or the secondary recruiter getting these guys to Norman. And here's an entire collection of names. Adrian Peterson, you know that one. Joe Mixon, DeMarco Murray, Billy Bowman, Jalen Redman, C.D. Lamb, Rodney Anderson, Marvin Mims, Kennedy Brooks, Samashe Pirine, D.D. Westbrook, Creed Humphrey, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Ben Powers, and uh, former running back Chris Brown. That's quite a collection a lot, of names. A lot of those guys turned out to be pretty dang good yeah, football players. Yeah, and that was just a small you know, sample size of the you – know, pool of players that he's brought in and again 24-7 doesn't keep track of all of the other recruits that he's brought in you know back in the late 90s early 2000s so we all know what the impact in recruiting is it's definitely going to be felt because man this guy had a resume that few if any on this staff could match when it comes to uh his ability to uh, lure in not not only just four-star talent, five-star talent, man. I mean, he got seven five-stars that 24-7 gives him credit for, again, as the primary or the secondary recruiter. This dude knew it. And honestly, Parker, I think I think it's very fair to say that that was where he was most impactful 
um, with this program. He, he was a good running back, running back coach and a good wide receivers coach, but I think what he did the best at OU was his ability in recruiting. I'm with you 100%. And that it, we will have to see what the long-term impact of this loss is in terms of recruiting. But the refreshing thing to remember in all of this is that if you look at Oklahoma's recruiting class here in the 2023 cycle, yes, Gundy has one of the Sooners' top 100 commits in this class. But Jeff Lebby has one. Todd Bates has one. Bill Biedenboe has one. Miguel Chavis has one. So, gone are the days when the Sooners are reliant upon a single individual or a single coach to reel in elite talent. They've got a staff full of guys who can do that all of their own volition. Yeah, I am curious. Let's get the Air Comfort Solutions text line going. 405-651-3439. A few have already rolled in. We'll get to those. Um, Where do you think the Kel Gundy departure is going to be felt the most? And what I mean by that is, do you think it's going to be felt on the field with wide receivers? Do you think it's going to be felt the most in recruiting? 2023 class, 24 class? Where do you think this Kilgundy departure is going to be felt the most? Maybe you don't think that it's going to be felt at all. And you think that LaDamian Washington is just going to slide in this spot. He's going to turn into an ace recruiter. The wide receivers are going to be great. And, you know, for an unfortunate situation, it turns out to be just a storybook ending. I don't know. 405-651-3439. I'm curious what uh, everyone has to say. Yeah, one listener says, I feel like the impact on recruiting is going to be a wash. For instance, if we lose a guy or two because we lost Kale, we may gain a guy or two that we wouldn't have with our new wide receiver coach. Yeah, that's fair. And, And I'll tell you this. You know, maybe this isn't the way that he wanted to get this gig, Parker, but I feel like LaDamian Washington is walking into a really good situation at at OU. And I know the wide receiver position was down last year in terms of production a year ago, but I think that we all know there is a lot of talent in the wide receiver core going into this year. So he's not going to be walking into a situation where – Oh, gosh, I hope some young guys emerge here because we're really struggling. No, OU's always going to be able to recruit high-level wide receivers. He doesn't have to be a super dynamic recruiter to bring in good wide receiver talent. Obviously, it would help, but OU kind of recruits itself with wide receiver. And like I just said, Parker, he's walking into a wide receiver court. Like it, There's a lot of playmakers in that room. They'll be just fine at that position. Somebody asked on the text line, y'all think Bob Stoops' opinion was asked for by BV? Well, Bob Stoops is going to be on the rush next hour. I'm sure he will have some thoughts on this situation. Yeah, Bob joins us every Tuesday at 320, and today is no exception. Um, Do I think Bob Stoops' opinion was asked? Probably not, honestly. And I'm not saying that his opinion is not, you know, worthy here. I mean, obviously it is. I mean, Bob Stoops' opinion absolutely is worth the time. But I, I just don't think – I think Britt Venables or the administration, whoever made the decision here, I, I think that they acted – you know, they acted within the walls here. I, I don't think that they called anyone else outside the program to, to make this decision. Another listener asks, a lot of people wish for Malcolm Kelly. What was the source of the beef between him and OU? Is that still a thing? I don't know if that's still a thing. And I, I can't even con- confirm this. But the internet rumor, Parker – is that it all stems from his pro day between he and Jerry Schmidt. Have, have you heard that one? Yes, I've heard this tossed around. Again, I, I, I've I, never like worked to confirm this, yeah. to be honest with you. So, and, and, and I know that there's 
a lot of people clamoring out there for Malcolm Kelly to be the wide receivers coach, you know, after the season. Just hold on, everyone. Hold on. Like, let's give LaDamian Washington a real chance here to show what we can do, to show what he can do before we start to replace him after the season. And I'd also ask, like, why does everyone like Malcolm Kelly? Does everyone only like Malcolm Kelly because he was a former Sooner? And I know that that's good enough for some people. I'm, I'm just, I'm legitimately asking the question. What has Malcolm Kelly done that it seems like 80% of the fan base wants him to be the wide receivers coach next year? What has he done outside being a really good player at OU? Maybe he has done something that I'm not aware of. I'm just, I'm just asking everyone to tell me. What, what, what he's done to validate himself as the obvious choice at wide receivers coach. I think more than anything else, it has to do with the way that he's recruited and developed at TCU. And he's widely regarded. Like, across the country, he's probably, if you polled most people that cover college football on a national spectrum, Malcolm Kelly would probably be one of the top ten wide receiver coaches in the nation in a lot of people's minds. But it almost feels like him coming back to Oklahoma is – I don't know. Is it fair to say it almost feels like too easy of a solution? It yeah. almost feels like the type of solution that people are counting on uh, but may not be as easily attainable as many think because, look, would Malcolm Kelly be more than qualified to fill the role at Oklahoma? Sure, but you're going to get a dogfight from TCU if you want to try and buy Malcolm Kelly away. And, and That's and, the thing. It's, yeah. like, it's no slam dunk that he ends up back at OU even if you put a reasonable amount of money out there on the table because TCU uh, is willing to pay quite a bit to keep him around. And let's see what LaDamian Washington can do first, right? Like, Let's make sure that you like Malcolm Kelly a lot more than this guy before we already start to designate who the receivers coach is going to be in 2023. I just let, let, Let's see what he can do in recruiting. Let's see what he can do development-wise on the field. Like, Let's just see what happens here before we already start to replace him. Uh, somebody on the text line said, he did a freestyle rap that was really trash, but since he was a Sooner, we all thought it that was That was really trash? What? It's <laughs> the first oh time I've heard that take. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what? Hey, whatever opinion we have for the rest of the day can't be worse than calling the uh, Malcolm Kelly freestyle rap trash. Sheesh, May- maybe man. someone's upset because he did the remix TCU style. I think that was uh, what yesterday is when that was released. Do people still want Malcolm Kelly here now that he changed the uh, changed the rap to TCU lyrics? Oh, man. Somebody somebody else chimed in from the 918 on the text line. I think Kale's absence won't be noticed by fans immediately, but we'll start to see it down the road. He has been the one to help steady the program in times of turmoil the, turmoil, excuse me, the past 20-plus years. His presence will be missed the most in the day-to-day, behind-the-scenes operations of the program. And we talk a lot about the role that Kale Gundy had uh, in – keeping the class together towards the end of the 2022 cycle. I remember having a conversation with Robert Spears Jennings, and he was kicking around the idea of taking an official visit to Missouri in December, just kind of for the heck of it. He was always going to stick with OU, but Cale Gundy was one of the ones that got on the horn with uh, RSJ and said, hey, uh, don't do that because (laughs) you don't want to be the one to mess around and find out with BV's policy. Uh, Text lot. Yeah, no kidding, right? That rap was fire. That take was trash. Uh, This uh, Peyton says, LaDamian Washington makes me nervous because he was a middle school coach literally two years ago. Yeah, I I mean, he played in the NFL for a – he had a decent stint there. 
He was with, uh, what, the Alliance uh, when it folded. He played – did he play in another league? I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember where else he played. But the guy's 31 years old. I mean, he's not going to have an extensive resume. And if you're worried about what he was doing two years ago – Yeah, Miguel Chavis was a, well, a youth pastor five years ago. Well, how about Dan Lanning, who's the head coach at Oregon? He was a GA like four or five years ago, it feels like. And now he's the head coach of a – you know, preseason top 15 team, I think Oregon fell in this year and, and just won a national championship as the D.C. at Georgia. So I, I get that. I understand that. But he's he's 31 years old and his resume is not going to be extended. And, and plus, Parker, he wasn't originally hired to be the wide receivers coach or a wide receivers coach for the 2022 season. It's just the role that he's found himself in now. Somebody asked on the text line, chance this exposure actually helps recruiting? Uh, no, that, no, that, that, that one's hard. That one's hard yeah, for me. I can't even, I, I can't, I don't know if I can even play devil's advocate on that one. What are coach Washington's credentials? Uh, he was at Missouri for a short time in an, what it was an off the field role. It was like a player development role. Y- yeah. Player development role. He was at Southern, uh, right before that, I believe. And then like Peyton said, yeah, he was a middle school coach. Was that middle school in Columbia? I don't know. What I think it was, I don't know. But he was a he was a professional journeyman at wide receiver for six seven years prior, uh, bounced around. I don't know if he ever caught a pass in the NFL, but he was in training camp and on practice squads with a whole bunch of different NFL organizations. I think, as Tyler mentioned, the last professional action he saw was in the AAF before it folded. He's been around, and I I will say this. I know I said this yesterday, but I just want to reiterate it. A lot of folks up there in Missouri were very bummed to see L.D. Washington lead for Oklahoma this offseason because they regarded him as a guy that is going to be very successful down the line as a coach. It will be someone from outside the box, trust BV. Um, well, it'll probably be just someone from Clemson, right? It'll be, it'll be uh, like Miguel Chavis, someone that Clemson really wanted to keep and somehow Brent Venables uh, convinces to leave Clemson and go to OU. But again... I'm going to give L.D. Washington a chance to earn this position uh, this year before uh, we really start to comb through the candidates for the next guy at the position. 405-651-3439. Keep it coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. You guys are killing it on the text line already. We'll get to as many as we can, I promise. Bob Stoops coming up in about an hour at 320. Be sure to stick around for that. More to come right here on Locked In. We're the homeless fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. To the Air Comfort Solutions text line we go, 405-651-3439. Parker, any chance at Rashad Samples with the Rams now, formerly of SMU-TCU, that stole two recruits from OU while at SMU. I heard you talk about this last hour, and you didn't sound like you got the odds of that too great. He works for the defending Super Bowl champions. And he left TCU to take a job with the defending Super Bowl champions. So, uh, if you think you can pull Malcolm Kelly from TCU, it's going to be a heck of a lot more difficult to pull Rashad Samples from the Los Angeles Rams. Would not count on that one. Another listener says, people freaked out on the Roof Chavis hiring, and the same people are experts on who the next wide receivers coach should be. (laughs) I think BV can handle this. Uh, yeah, what a, very well said. What are uh, what are Washington's connections with the OU staff? That's on the text line, 417 area code. That's a great question. And I 
don't know the answer. Now, unless he he would have crossed with Joe John, right? I don't think he would have. Because he was, uh, was he there last year in that off-the-field role? Yes, he was there last year, but Joe John was already at Oklahoma last year, and he was at Ole Miss directly right. before that. So I actually don't know if he would have crossed paths with LD. And obviously, you hang around the same people, you build connections tangentially, and so maybe that has something to do with it. But yeah, Joe John was at Missouri from 2016 to 2018. Well, Damian Washington was playing, playing professional football during yeah, that Yeah, his last so. year was at 2013, which he was the uh, or one of the team captains in 2013. That Mizzou team that won the SEC East, and back in 2011, LD, do you know LD Washington's already caught a touchdown pass at Owen Field? He caught a 45-yard touchdown pass against OU in Norman in 2011. Wow, that that touchdown put the uh, Mizzou Tigers up thirteen to three. PAT after was good, by the way. Mizzou led fourteen to three, but they lost that day thirty-eight twenty-eight. So yeah, I, I was looking that up today. He he caught a touchdown, forty-five uh, yard touchdown in twenty eleven in Norman. I would not have remembered that. Uh, Jay from Medill says only thing I look for in a wide receiver coach is if they can sit sideways in the big bends. Ooh, I like that a lot. Hey, OU fans, do not watch the TCU remix that Malcolm Kelly has out. You're going to get a little disappointed by it. Which um, I found it funny because at the very end of it, it says, PT throwing that ball and it's humming. Um, Max Duggan's still at TCU. And we know that Chandler Morris is at TCU, right? So I'm anticipating that part the entire time. Like, (laughs) does he say Duggan's throwing that ball and it's humming? Does he say Chandler Morris? And uh, he says QB's throwing that ball in the tummy. He, he didn't list one player. Oh, he dang listed it. the quarterback. Tyler I'm like, was going, man. Tyler was going off TMZ. He was ready for I the was gonna break. I was going to break the TCU quarterback battle or who the starter is going to be based on, based on that. Uh, one listener asks, how long has Washington been at OU? Uh, like seven months? Yeah. Not very long. This first year on staff. Like most of the staff in <laughs> less than a year. <laughs> Somebody said, hire Tashard Choice from Texas and we can just run the ball. Well, I mean, are, are, are you going to – I'm confused by the insinuation there. Are you saying hire a second running backs coach as opposed to a wide receivers coach? Or are you saying hire Tashard Choice in lieu of DeMarco Murray? Either way, you slice it, that's just uh, – Well, I, maybe they mean because Texas stole Tashard Choice away from USC. I state stole. You, you know what I mean there. It's, sure. Tashard Choice was going to take a job at USC. Texas got in there, and he was like, eh maybe I'm going to Texas, so maybe the thought is OU gets in there this time and says, actually, Deshard Choice, you're going to come coach at OU instead, not Texas or USC. Somebody says, tell Parker to stop using all them fancy schmancy words. They did They did spell schmancy right, by the way. I mean, I, I don't think that there's a, you know, <laughs> definite spelling for schmancy, but they spelled it the way that I would have. Do I so use fancy impressed. schmancy words? Yes. Are you serious? Is that a serious question? I, you know that you do. Don't act like that I, okay, you don't like, know. Just own it. Like, of listen, course you do. Listen, I'll, I'll, throw out, I'll throw out some adjectives that are probably a little more – well, see, now I have to dumb down the way that I say this because I don't want to use a fancy-smancy word while talking about how I use fancy-schmancy words. Uh, but – I use some adjectives that are a little bit more descriptive and 
I almost said the word ubiquitous. I can't. I can't even oh finish the sentence. Okay. Oh yes. Fine. I use fancy schmancy words. Uh, just insulting it. all of our intelligence. He's like, why? You guys think I use big words? Hmm. That's just my regular vocab, to be honest. I see. Here's the thing. If I still do that, I don't hear about it as much from you guys as I would when I was doing broadcasting stuff in college. And all my college friends would be like, can you use words people actually know? I, I let it slide sometimes. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that word means. Okay. But sounds like Parker really used it well in that <laughs> sentence. So he said I have to drive around with a thesaurus when I listen to Parker. Yeah. Parker is eloquent, not fancy smanchy. Fancy smancy. Yeah. Parker uses fancy words every day. Just speak normal, oaky English. That's what we're going to do. That's what we should have done this offseason. We really didn't have any time because there's been recruiting news left and right, and, of course, we got this story. But at some point next next offseason, we're going to dedicate a week of shows to learning you up some oaky English. That's what we're going to do. We're going to totally change the way that you speak on this show. Somebody else said, Parker, your speech is magnificently eloquent. Take no heed to the malcontented, small-minded minority with no education. Oh my gosh, block that number, please. <laughs> okay. That's uh, from the 918. Uh, somebody else said, Parker looks up to Stephen A. Smith when using fancy words. Somebody else said, nah, Parker, you are from Nebraska. No words over five letters Exactly, there. yeah. Teddy and I have discussed this before. You know, most states, there's some sort of a... Like Bostonians, right? I know Boston's not a state, so don't get after me. Sure, text sure. Line. But people you. from Boston, you know, they talk a certain way. People from New York, they talk a certain way. Hey, people from Oklahoma, depending on which side of the state you're from, you talk a certain way. There's not really, like Nebraskans, I don't feel like there's, they don't sound like they're from up north. They don't sound like they're from down south. Do Nebraskans have a normal American tone that few other states have, if you get what I'm asking there? I mean, I grew up in that state, so my knee-jerk answer is going to be yes, but that could just be my own bias. Like, you don't hear a Nebraskan talk and you say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can tell that guy is from Nebraska. If a guy from a Northeast starts saying something to you, Oh, yeah, I can tell that guy's from the Northeast. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can tell that guy is from the South. Yeah, well, yeah, I can tell that guy's from the West correct. Coast. Correct. To answer your question, nobody has ever been like, oh, yeah, I could tell as soon as you started talking, you're from Nebraska. Uh, Kendall says, just saw on Twitter, Kale Gundy was hired by a high school to be the head coach. Yeah, I saw that tweet circulating as well. I'm not convinced it's real. Yeah, I don't think that that, no, uh-uh. Yeah, who yeah. who started that? Uh, some rando on Twitter. There's, like it's oh God. Can, can we wait like 48 hours before we stop spreading rumors or making up things on social media? No, Tyler. This is what social God, media is I for. I mean, come on. We're all in it for the clout, aren't we? We we want to like report something and just to try to get some retweets and likes. Jeez. Somebody said Oki is a derogatory word created during the Dust Bowl days. I'm not an Oki, I'm a Sooner. Okay. Nebraska sound a little Scandinavian. I like that a lot. Scandinavian, huh? That's, well, what, I, that's what I'm going to tell is, all hey, the Husker listen, fans in week three. Listen, I am, I am Norwegian, so that, it, that does track. Uh, Peyton says Nebraska legit has the highest per capita news anchors because they have no accent, so they're able to go anywhere at all and not sound ridiculous. A Texan working in Boston wouldn't Seriously, work Seriously, well. yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great point. 
if you and sports radio, if you don't have the Boston accent, you try to go, roll up there. Good luck. But yeah, Nebraska. Everyone can. Uh, if you're from Nebraska, you can fit in anywhere. That's a that's a great point. That's why we've welcomed you with such open arms. You don't I, sound I like you're from it. up north or nothing. <laughs> I got a I got a friend. Uh, she's working in Iowa now, covering Iowa State. She's a TV reporter, but uh, she's from Chicago. And oh, we used to we used to give her so much crap for her accent because I'm trying to think, there were there were certain words she would say she and she would always say Chicago, uh, but. Man, I'm going to have to think about this in the break. There were a couple words she would always use where it's just like – it, 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 second we would hear that word, we'd be like, oh, there's, there's her Chicago yep. side coming out. 405-651-3439. Keep it coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. By the way, did not get to mention it yesterday, but I did have to laugh over the weekend. Uh, the gut punch that came to Kansas State when Dylan Edwards – Went ahead and decommitted, and then went ahead and committed to Notre Dame. Ah, that's rough. Because remember, Kansas State hadn't signed the top two prospects in the state of Kansas since like 2004. And they're not going to again this year. And it looked like they were, and yeah, they're probably not going to. Ooh, what a gut punch in Manhattan. Oh, that man, was. that was that was fun to watch unfold on Twitter because everybody was taking the clip of Dylan Edwards after his commitment with his Kansas State hat on, and he literally says the words, I don't see myself decommitting. And so people just took that clip out of his post-KSU commitment press conference and blew it up on Twitter. Yikes. Well... Uh, I would say that I feel bad for Kansas State fans, but not really. Not really at all do I feel bad for Kansas State fans. They'll be fine, but yeah, losing Dylan Edwards, that one's got to hurt because they were uh, basically promising him, hey, you heard of Darren Sproles? Hey, you heard of Deuce Vaughn? Hey, you heard of Daniel Thomas? We'll just go ahead and make you uh, one of those guys, but not going to be the case in Manhattan. Uh, We got uh, a lot more recruiting news coming up. Oh, you got a four-star athlete prospect. Jacoby Johnson had a Mustang committing on Saturday. We'll give you the current update on that and more. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Random question. Uh, Max preps used to be a, a thing back in the day, way back in the thing. Is Max preps still like a major source that people use for recruiting information? No, Max. I use Max preps to find team schedules so that I can figure out where I need to be on Thursdays and Fridays. <laughs> and those all. aren't always updated because no, I had not. to use that. Like, I'm trying to find a roster for someone for a magazine article, and the page hasn't been updated since 2016. Yeah. <laughs> guys, guys who have uh, graduated D1 football are still listed on some of those uh, Max prep rosters. Okay. Well, I, I at least wanted to give – some people, some clarity on that website before I read this off. But they have their uh, 2002 All-America football team for uh, high school seniors this year. At quarterback, anyone want to take a guess who Max Prep has as the first-team All-America quarterback? Uh, Arch Manning, just like everyone else. Arch Manning is at quarterback for the Max Prep All-America team. Five-star, committed to Texas. Out of New- Newman and in New Orleans. No surprise there, I'm guessing. Running back, they got Ruben Owens as their first team uh, running back. You good with that? Oh, I'm good with that. Uh, wide receivers, they have Zach Branch, USC commit for now, out of uh, Bishop Gorman in Vegas, as well as Jaden Greathouse of uh, Austin Westlake. Interesting. 
Jaden Greathouse would not have been my next choice. Deuce Robinson, uh, same high school, I believe, as Spencer Rattler, five-star yep. tight end. Deuce Robinson's there. Yep. Um, he's the uh, all all first-team tight end. Yeah, pretty obvious. I mean, he's the obvious choice at that position. Yeah, and and I'm trying to look and see if there's anyone notable across the offensive line. Not really that we we throw in for an OU tie. All-purpose player Makai Lemon. That's USC's third-ranked prospect right now. Again, that one potentially could get interesting. But, um, yeah, our Arch Manning, man. Arch Manning still the uh, their, their uh, first-team quarterback. David Hicks was listed on their uh, first-team defensive line along, uh, with Peter, along with Peter Woods. Good. Yeah, David Hicks and Peter Woods. It's a couple of monsters. Troy right Bowles um, and Anthony Hill, a couple of two former uh, OU targets. Yeah. Have gone I mean, elsewhere. I, I'm okay with basically all this. Again, Great House probably wouldn't have been my next choice of wide receiver after Zach Branch, but I can live with it. Uh, the uh, the Archanon conspiracy continues to gain traction. Peyton Bowen listed as a first-team defensive back. Love it. And we just sit back and wait to see what Peyton Bowen will eventually do with his um, with his decision. Oh, I need this to be over, Tyler. When's it going to be over? I don't know. That's the problem. Maybe in August it'll all be over. I hope so. Well, hey, would this not be a perfect time for it to happen? Because this is the first time since the Sunday after the Bedlam game where this fan base feels any sort of down, right? And I I still think people feel optimistic about what the season is going to be, but, you know, getting a big-time flip, isn't – isn't he ranked as the third highest prospect for Notre Dame? At least he was like last week, and I know they've gotten a couple of commitments since then, but he's at least a top five prospect for the number one overall recruiting class. Yeah, I think I think he might be number two. Keon Keeley and who else would Notre Dame have that outranks Peyton Bowen? I don't know offhand, but that's the number 51 player in the country in the 24-7 sports composite. He may actually moved into the top 50. Now, P.J. Adabari is number 51. Peyton Bowen's a top 50 overall player yeah. right now, yeah. uh, including an on-three five-star. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a loss that is going to hurt Notre Dame significantly, as well as the loss of Keon Keeley, because that's another guy that they're going to lose. He, uh, what, he took a Bama visit recently? Yeah. Is that it? And the trend is, is that, I'm telling you, man, Bama's really going to try to chase down A&M's uh, uh, historical ranking last year as the highest-rated number one class ever. Bama's Bama's really going to be trying to chase that down. They're going to be close. I, they're going to be close. I don't think it happens, and that's solely because Texas A&M had 29 commits yep, last right. year. Alabama's not going to take that many. Uh, look, we all still feel like Jacoby Johnson is going to commit on Saturday. Four-star athlete out of Mustang. We've talked a lot about him. Um, he is your highest-rated in-state player that is left uncommitted. This would be a big-time get for OU in the secondary, and it, there's just nothing. Really, Parker, there's nothing that's come out in the past six months, maybe even longer than that, that has made me believe, like, okay, this one could get interesting. It's never really felt like it was on the verge of getting interesting. It, it's always felt like this was going to be OU. And hopefully it, that it, continues throughout the final few days here. I, I just... I didn't even work for 24-7 yet when Jacoby Johnson got his offer from Oklahoma. If I had, I'd have put a crystal ball in the next day. It was always going to be OU for that kid. And at any point throughout the process, I would have been shocked and still would be shocked if things ever started to trend in another direction. 
the kid's going to be a Sooner. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times on this show. Yeah. Someone just texts us on the Air Cover Solutions text line and says, Is this real? Uh, yeah, I do believe that the USC football walk-on tryouts for the students at SC, I do believe that is real. So maybe they're anticipating the uh, Malachi Nelson decommit, and they're trying to find a quarterback on hey, campus. They're just, hey, they're trying to get those lunch pail guys in the program, Tyler. That's the mecca of college football right there. That's where you can build the best roster in the country. Well, they, they need some lunch pail guys. I'm not sure that they have any of those right now. I, though I do like Travis Dye, uh, the, the transfer from Morgan. He didn't wear uh, gloves when he was out there playing at running back. That's like a baseball player uh, with no batting gloves on. It's, that's instant respect for me. Now, are you more likely to fumble without gloves on? I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case in football or not. Probably not, but I do love the toughness shown one of the from things Travis Dye. I, I, I love the most about Ethan Downs is that he doesn't wear anything. <laughs> no gloves, no armbands, no tape, nothing. That dude, when he's out there on the field, he just looks like the Madden default create a player. Yeah. Except he's an absolute freaking nature. Texas had a kicker in the early to mid-2000s. And remember those really skinny Nike armbands that they used to have? Yes. Like, they, they all of a sudden, real, one year, maybe it's like Dusty Mangum Dusty was Dusty Mangum, kicker. I was going to say, yeah. He had like, I feel like he had like three skinny armbands on like each arm. It's like, dude, you're a kicker! What do you need armbands for? And you can't accessorize yourself to make yourself look cooler as a kicker. You are what you are here. You are a kicker. You can't accessorize yourself to be one of the cooler players on the team. I'm sorry. Jeez, unbelievable. Uh, he he made. Was it the? Was it? No, it wasn't. I'm trying to think. Dusty Mangum won them a bowl game. The one Rose year. Bowl against Michigan, 2003 so it was season. The Rose Bowl. It was the Rose Bowl. And then okay. the uh, next year, no, excuse me, that was the 04 season, right? That would have been, yeah, 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 the 04 season because Vince Young claimed that they would be back in, well, that, they, sure they, enough, they were back in 2005. <laughs> the last time Texas was back was uh, 2005. Unfortunately. Uh, let's see. I hope for everyone's sake it's over by the end of August. That way we can move in. Notre Dame can figure it out, and the kid can focus on his senior season. Talking about Peyton Bowen. And honestly, I felt like that was you that typed that under a different number because yeah. you, more than anyone else, uh, either want him to come out and say, look, I'm committing to Notre Dame, it's over, or just go ahead and decommit and commit to OU. Yeah, and he's not committing. Like, he's not sticking with Notre Dame. I, I will die on that hill. He is not sticking with Notre Dame. Uh, somebody asked on the text line, what's the scoop with Demarion Thomas, 6'4", 307 defensive lineman out of Union? Uh, well, he's committed to Vanderbilt. And I, I figure that commitment sticks unless some big-time offers come his way throughout the fall. I don't think that's a guy that Oklahoma is going to be recruiting uh, by virtue of the way that things are trending with some of the other interior defensive linemen, namely and most conspicuously, D.J. Hicks. <laughs> Sooner Soldier says uh, the uh, walk-on tryouts for kids at USC. So is that Lincoln Riley's secret to recruiting a playoff team that he said he couldn't recruit at Oklahoma? Oh, gosh, that's actually really funny. Probably so. It, I, I'm sure that he's going to come out in, a, uh, in, in, a, uh, in some sort of an article and say, well, you know, and, and that's one of the advantages at USC is 
we can pluck normal kids off campus at USC that are far better athletes than the kids that we could have gotten at Oklahoma that are normal students. I'm sure he'll throw that out there at some point. Oh, what a loser. I, I, I hope some of those walk-ons are playing for USC by the end of the year. Wouldn't they that may be, be. They may be with some of the depth that they have at some like, spots. Like, wouldn't it be hilarious if USC's starting offensive line by the end of the year consists of like three walk-ons? That would be amazing. <laughs> They'll be going for and like the other thing too is there's a world in which that happens. Also, uh, good point. Text line: Yes, Demarvi and Overshone, who plays for Texas, he wears a lot of those armbands as well. Uh, he's got one, two, three, four, five on each arm. So Demarvi and Overshone, who's actually a Pretty decent player for Texas. He might have been the only good defensive player they had last year. Uh, also likes to wear 10 armbands on his arm, which is a little bit odd. Somebody said on the text line, Justin Harrington, number 37 now, I guess. How is he progressing? Will he play? Uh, yep, he's going to play. Well, he's been number 37 since he was back on the team. Yes, last, last which spring. is April. Yeah. yeah, that he rejoined the team. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Justin Harrington's going to play. I've been hearing really good things about that guy. That's a guy that appears to have made the most of his second chance. And I think a lot of fans are uh, rooting for him to have some sort of an impact on the season, for sure. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll close up Locked In next. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Bob Stoops joining us next hour at 320 on The Rush. Yeah, you want to tune in for that one. You want to tune in for that one. It's going to be a, um, I, I say, a really interesting interview. I mean, I think everyone is curious as to what Bob Stoops is going to say on the matter, and I fall in that camp as well. So 3.20 next hour, Teddy and I will have uh, Bob Stoops on the show. Jordan Renaud, uh, again, I, I don't necessarily want to directly compare it to the Jacoby Johnson situation, but this is one of those where – it really has trended positively towards OU, and it doesn't feel like that's changing anytime soon for no, the start offensive line. No, it really doesn't. And I think you're encouraged by the news that Jordan Renaud's Oklahoma visit, or official visit at that, is purportedly going to occur before the commitment date, and he's not planning on getting back to Tuscaloosa, which we talked about, Tyler, in the aftermath of the unofficial at the end of July for the party in the palace. Uh, the reality that in all likelihood – Renaud probably wasn't going to make it back to Tuscaloosa. And if that continues to be the case, you figure Oklahoma's in pretty good position to lock down his commitment. Uh, Text line, I saw a video of Justin Harrington in a drill. My bold prediction for this season is he will be a starter for over half the season at one of the positions in the secondary. He looks good, man. I like the optimism, Peyton. I do, too. I'm just wondering and if uh, that whole that, that prediction is made off the one drill that you saw. I'll say this. Based on the things I've heard about Justin Harrington, I don't think that's far-fetched at all. The guys looked really good. Well, yeah, and, and this is his last chance. I mean, he doesn't need any motivation to have a great offseason, to have a great training camp. This is it. You know, Brent Venables took away his scholarship. He took away his jersey number. So he's got to earn everything back. Um, and, and look, I I totally hope he does. I don't love someone. I normally don't love someone, uh, you know, with his circumstances that leaves the team in the year. I know that there were some, definitely some circumstances there. All, all that to say, I'm, I'm really rooting for this guy to make a big impact on the field. And we talked about Justin Harrington before. 
I think that the text line is really rooting for him as well. <laughs> this is an interesting text from Doug and Norman. Uh, my oldest son played high school football in Illinois and attended and graduated from USC in 1996. He tried out for his dorm team at Whoa. USC in 1991. He didn't make it as there were six All-State players from around the country on the dorm team. They have a lot of talent on the dorm teams. The well. dorm teams would have uh, at least made a bowl game last year instead of the 4-8 and eight crap that they put out last year. Lincoln Riley, dorm team whisperer. <laughs> he may have to be, seriously. I wonder if he's been uh, you know, walking around campus and saying, uh, that looks like a dude. Uh, that looks like a dude. Yeah, there's a lot of these guys here that look better in the front seven than what I currently have. And maybe some of those guys look better because they're not going through the Benny Wiley uh, offseason regiment, huh? Maybe these guys are just throwing up free weights on their own and the uh, bodies are a little bit more impressive than uh, <laughs> Benny Wiley shake weights that he has. Oh, I don't know. man. Just a theory. Just a theory. <sighs> That's crazy. I wonder how Doug ended up in Norman if he lived in Illinois. Doug's, sent a lived, kid to USC. Doug's lived everywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Doug's okay. lived everywhere, and he's seen a lot of cool things. I've had one interaction in person with Doug, and as I've stated uh, a couple of times before, he was a very pleasant man. And, hey, I love that he keeps us on our toes on the Air Comfort Solutions That he line. does. Peyton added, come on, Tyler, we're all homers here. What more do I need than a 15-second video I, to know Harrington's an all-conference Peyton, trust guy. me, I'm guilty of this more than anyone. I was definitely just poking fun there. I will take a 15-second video and make a bold proclamation off of that. All right, that'll do it for uh, Locked In. Bob Stoops coming up at 320. Keep it locked on the ref.